The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run businesses run SAP. Host and moderator Bonnie D. Graham talks with the experts about how game-changing technologies can help you achieve financial excellence for your company. Now, here's Bonnie D. Graham. Welcome, welcome, welcome. And if you want to run with the Game Changers, you're in the right place. Today's buzz, financial transformation. I have to say welcome, welcome, welcome to our new series. Actually, it's a renewal. Financial Excellence with Game Changers was on the air for a 13-week flight in 2013. We had so much great information, wonderful guests, well-organized series, IMHO, that they are back. So today is a debut of a renewal. hope that's not confusing. But we're very excited to welcome them back to Game Changers Radio here on the Business Channel. Now I'll tell you what today's show is about. Today's buzz is financial transformation. Let me tell you a little bit about it. Today, CFOs and finance organizations are expected to take a more strategic role than ever before. Why? They need to support the business and drive value. That's the new bottom line. But guess what? In order to be effective, they need to transform. They need an effective transformation that has to look holistic at the entire finance function. How can they do it? Well, they could leverage technology and analytics. They can focus on high-value activities. But the bottom goal is they need to become more effective business leaders in order to achieve excellence. So that's a tall order for a lot of finance organizations. So what will this process look like in the future? I have a panel of experts or experts who are going to walk us through it and let's see if we can help you figure it out. I know you're going to get some great tips and techniques and strategies for accomplishing this. Great panel. I want to welcome first up is Richard Cernak. I promised I would pronounce that right. He's a principal at PwC responsible for the SAP finance transformation practice. And Richard sent me a quote from one of our favorite guests on the show, in absentia, of course, Albert Einstein. The quote is, not everything that counts can be counted, and not everything that can be counted counts. Richard Cernak, welcome. How are you today? Good, Bonnie. How are you? Oh, my goodness. I turned around to see if you're in the room with me. You're so clear. I think you're standing. Hello. I'm going to shake your hand. Richard, delighted to have you on board. Where are you calling from today? I'm calling from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Okay, well, I'm on Long Island, so we're almost neighbors. There you go. Great quote from Einstein. I love the the word counts and counted and counted and counts in there, which relates to finance in some way. So, Richard, tell us why Albert Einstein is one of your quotables, and then please relate this to our topic, which is Financial Transformation 2020. Can you see clearly yet? Go ahead, Richard. Sure. Thank you. I, I love this quote. It was something that was said to me a long time ago by by one of my coaches who really was trying to get the point across that, Statistics themselves don't necessarily tell the picture, right? There's the, the heart and drive of an individual. And in the context of this conversation today, I thought it was important because as we think about, you know, uh, the accounting function and CFOs is that, you know, we often focus on data, but there's also unstructured data out there, things like uh, social media, weather, politics, that, 
that influence the, the role of, of the CFO today and how they do their job. And these are just as important as the structured data that we'll look at on a spreadsheet. And I think on, on, the, on the last part of the comments, important is that not everything that can be counted counts mm-hmm. or is important. I think it's that's some, also something we need to remind ourselves is that you need to look sometimes beyond the data and, and, and look, look past the trees for the forest and really understand what's important. Sounds like a lot of homework is involved, maybe some retraining and certainly an expanded view of the finance organization. Would you say that's a fair overview, Richard? I would say so. And I think this, the, the, the finance organization is changing. They're under a lot more pressure in terms of doing more with their, their I'll call it the traditional responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And now how do they start to create more value for the business with taking some of that data and information and, and, and providing some insight to the business? Thank you so much for getting us started. I'm going to welcome our second panelist. Her name is Kyleen Wissell. She is Corporate Director of Internal Controls within the Office of the CFO at the Coca-Cola Company. And she gets, sent me a wonderful quote from the CEO of the Coca-Cola Company. His name is Mutar Kent. And it's just three words, but sometimes less is more. And the quote is, remain constructively discontent. I love that. I want to crochet that on a pillow. Kyleen Wissell, welcome to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. How are you today? I'm great. Thank you, Bonnie, and I'm glad to be with this group. We're delighted. So talk to me. This is quite a quote, three words put together in such a a creative and eloquent fashion, if I might say that. So why did you pick this quote for the opening and tell us how this relates to Financial Transformation 2020? Go ahead, Kyleen. Sure. It might sound a little bit negative, constructively discontent, but really it's Mutar's leadership philosophy, and it's all about having an entrepreneurial mentality, and especially for us finance folks. And the way it relates to us, it's it's about really having respect for cash. Um, And Mm -hmm. you can see that when you don't see the cash, and we're all a, a debit and a credit card society, all sorts of things start to go wrong. And you overspend as an individual, and you can also overspend as a company. So it's about having that entrepreneurial mentality and really injecting what Mutar would call this religion involved in getting all of our 146,000 employees to think like owners. Um, Mm. People need to feel like they're chasing pennies down the hallway, if you will. That's quite a vision. I hope they're doing it while they're drinking a wonderful Coke product at the same time. You know it. So, they, so, so they have the energy and the drive to go chase those pennies. Just to help me out here for a second, Kylie, before we go to our third guest on the panel, chasing pennies. Now, is that the level at which the financial transformation has to take place? Really, have, has money been quote unquote disappearing down to the penny? And we all we've all seen movies about how people are skimming little pennies and they're turning into gazillions of dollars. So, what's the the significance of saying chasing pennies, if you can help me with that. Well, it's, it's building back that culture of innovation and growth. It's about thinking through, okay, how do I continuously invest both in our global-minded talent, our strategic partnerships, having openness with our business partners as finance professionals, and that relentless focus on sustainability. So really what that means in the penny format is everything counts. Not to disagree with with Richard, but it does count every second of the day, every minute of the day. 
Okay, well, good to know. I'm going to go save my pennies before the end of the show and see what I come up with. Kylene, thank you. I'm, I'm teasing you, but this is great information, and thank you so much. I want to bring on our third panelist. Her name is Elena Shishkina. She is the Chief Financial Officer in SAP in the UK and Ireland. She's also a member of the SAP UK and Ireland Executive Leadership Board. We're delighted to have Elena on. And Elena sent me a quote. It's a translation from a Russian saying, from her father, and the quote is in English, do your best, the worst will eventually come. I'm not sure if that's good news or bad news. Elena, welcome. How are you today? Thank you, Bonnie. I'm very good. Thank you. So talk to me about this quote. It sounds like it's near and dear to you. It's something from your dad. Do you want to give us the original Russian version of it so anybody who speaks Russian can appreciate it in its, its original form, Elena? Okay, I'll try. Делай как можно лучше, плохо само получится. Okay, it sounds like we're, we're almost Very word different. for word. <laughs> Very different. Okay, so tell us why this is your favorite quote for this topic today. I'd, I'd like everybody to get to know you. So tell us a little bit more about this quote and, and relate it to our Financial Transformation 2020 topic, please, Elena. Sure, with great pleasure. So whenever people ask about the quote, and I read a lot, obviously, you know, have a lot of quotes in my mind, but that, this is the only thing that always comes in mind, and uh, through through the time, I just realized how important it is in uh, in in everything I do, and also how it helps me to go back to the roots and remember what was you know what I was what I was learning and how my parents were teaching me different things and how big of a role they're playing in my life. Um, as far as Finance transformation is concerned. That quote for me is very important and very near and dear in, in three different aspects. One is in finance today, transformation and change is an ongoing process. Mm-hmm. We would love to believe that it will stop sometime, but it goes on and on and on, and you have to continuously adapt to that changing environment. So if you don't do this with excellence or with excellence in mind, I doubt there is really an opportunity for you to adapt quickly in that changing environment. So one is excellence in managing the transformation effectively. The second thing, which is uh, very, very tributary of my role, is multitasking with excellence because I don't know how my role will look tomorrow. I probably didn't know how my role um, looked several years ago. So it's, it's multitasking in all different aspects and spreading yourself, but again, doing all the aspects of the finance leadership role with excellence. And finally, this is leading the team through the transformation. Again, I strongly believe you can only achieve the best outcome for the team and for the organization if you lead with excellence. So that, that is why um, that quote is still very, very important to me. Very important. And some of the key words I heard you mention, Elena, are ongoing, that you constantly are transforming. There's always something new or different or better coming down the pike, if you will. And you need, sounds like you need to be on your toes. So it's not a, oh, good, we did it. Dust off the dust from our hands, pat ourselves on the back and say, yes, we transformed. Wow. Now we're set for the next five years. Not going to happen. Thank you, Elena, very much. Uh, I want to ask my panel a very difficult question. The question is, 
what's in your cup today? Because I have to remind our listeners that Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio is part of our umbrella series called Coffee Break with Game Changers. So I'm going to go back to Richard Cernak. I'm going to ask you, you're in Philadelphia. I don't know. It's kind of cloudy and gray, but getting a little warmer like it is here on Long Island. And yeah. aside from the, it is good. Aside from the weather, are you drinking something really interesting or you want to tell me a story about something you once drank that was just wow? Richard, talk to me. Yeah, I'm going to go back in history. I've got water on my on my uh, table now, and that's really not that interesting to anybody. But um, back uh, a few years ago, in the mid '90s, I was on my uh, honeymoon honeymoon with my wife in uh, somewhere in the mountains between Chamonix and Annecy. And if anybody's mm-hmm. ever been in that region, it's just just spectacular. Um, and we uh, we decided somewhere along the road to pick up a bottle of wine and uh, a piece of bread and cheese and with no glasses on a picnic table somewhere in the mountains, had, had uh, a, a great cup, I'll call it, uh, direct out of the wine bottle. Oh, my goodness. That sounds delightful. Delightful. Well, thanks for sharing the honeymoon story. I appreciate that. I'm not going to ask Kyleen Wassell to top that. We're interested in what you're drinking or what you wish you were drinking. Kyleen, I think I know where this is coming from. Talk to me. You have to, right, Bonnie? I'm having a Coca-Cola Cherry Zero today. (laughs) I have access to many, many types of Coke, as you can imagine, and that's my, my drink of choice right now. Kylene, I must tell you, I just redesigned my kitchen with red sparkly uh, quartz countertops. It's just something, you know, I'm, my alter ego is called Radio Red. That's my, my personal radio name. And I was digging through my front closet doing a transformation of my own. And the reason I'm telling you this is I discovered a six pack in a red cardboard container of six bottles of Coke, the old-fashioned size with the, the, the caps you have to use a bottle opener to pull off, and I decided that's going to be the centerpiece of one of my kitchen counters is going to be this six-pack of Coke, and I just look at it gazing with fond memories of growing up with Coca-Cola, so thank you, Kylene, for what you're drinking. I think after the show, you think I should go open one of those vintage bottles? What do you think? You couldn't go wrong, but, uh, you know, they, there is a, a, a date. Maybe I could send you a, a refreshed pack so that you're not oh. out of date. But who can go wrong with red? Be st- Thank you, dear. Be still my heart. And Elena Shishkina, you are in the U.K. today. Is that correct, Elena? Where are you yes, calling from? That's, that's great. That's from London. And what time of the day is it in London? And tell us something wonderful that you're drinking. Yes, it's currently 15 after 5, um, and I'm not drinking coffee now, but normally I would um, during the day and particularly in the morning. So my cup of coffee is really a cup of coffee, and uh, I paid a, a credit to my dad, and uh, I need to pay my credit to my mom because she, um, she is a great coffee fan, and mornings would normally start with a cup of coffee and also would drink during the day with uh, you know coffee and cheese. And that, that is really important to start the day with coffee and cheese. So trouble is a memory, but also something that I really, really like, that kick off the day nicely. And Elena, do you have a favorite flavor of coffee? I think people would like to know that too. Can you give us a little more color there? Plain, plain black, not really flavored. So I wouldn't be okay. flavored with coffee, but just plain black. Could be strong, less strong. 
Okay. Thank you very much. I want to thank my panel. You know what? You've all earned our first break. We're going to go to break for about a minute and a half now. Take a deep breath. And when we come back, I hope you have your seatbelts on, Richard, Kylene, and Elena, because we're going to do a roundtable that's going to go for almost 30 minutes nonstop, no breaks until almost the end of the show. And I'll tell you what's coming next after that. I want to welcome everybody again to our renewal of Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio, presented by SAP. I'm speaking today to Richard Cernak at PwC, Kylene Wissell at the Coca-Cola Company, and Elena Shishkina at SAP calling in from the UK. I'm still Bonnie D. Graham. We'll be right back after the break. Our topic today to kick off this series is Financial Transformation 2020. Can you see clearly yet? I know my panel can. You don't want to miss the great information they're going to share with us in the roundtable. We're going to take a break. Don't even think of touching that mouse, that app, that dial. We'll be right back. Michael out. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Unleash the leadership potential of your finance talent now. Your business needs more than just compliant reports. Today's leading finance departments are asked to support business decision-making to help companies to succeed. With SAP's risk and finance solutions, you can provide the advisory that decision-makers are looking for. No matter what data source, no matter where you are, you can find the information you need to add value. Give your finance talent the right tools to be up to the challenge. www.sap.com The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com from the boardroom to you voice america business network Welcome back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. Comments? Questions? Send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com. And you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Here we are. Welcome back. I'm speaking with Richard Cernak at PwC, Kylene Wissell at the Coca-Cola Company, and Elena Shishkina at SAP, calling in from the UK. We've already introduced them, gotten their wonderful quotes, and have found out what they're drinking today, but now it's time to buckle down and get down to business. You're all interested in hearing their thoughts, their input on Financial Transformation 2020. There's a little pun in there. Can you see clearly yet? 2020, get it? We're going to kick off the roundtable nonstop for about 30 minutes with Richard Cernak at PwC. We're going to talk about how the role of the CFO is changing. And Richard told me before the show, very interesting, and I guess you all know this, but you don't know how deeply this goes. New technologies are driving a rapid pace of business innovation, but they're affecting the traditional roles of CFOs and finance teams, which is the key to what we're talking about, how 
will they transform? Richard Cernak, kick off the roundtable, please. Sure. Uh, you know, the, the, the topic that we'd like to talk about is are, are, are some of the technologies that are impacting the, the finance function and the CFO's role. And, you know, we, we hear a lot about things like uh, in-memory, uh, big data. We hear about mobility. We hear about cloud. We hear about social media. But, you know, we, I don't think, you know, a lot of time is spent on the direct linkage between that and, and the CFO. More is spent on maybe the marketing or, or, or sales or product engineering side. And, and I, when you start to look at, at the convergence of these technologies, you know, one of the things that the CFOs have historically done is focused on uh, history and, and taking that mm-hmm. history and, and using it to predict the future. And I think that will continue on uh, going forward. But you start to look at some of these newer technologies, particularly, you know, the, the big data uh, um, uh, initiative that's going on in the market right now. And allowing uh, CFOs and, and, and their finance organizations to, to get more predictive, um, to take information and make it more insightful. And I think when you look at the challenges they have out there with their business partners and their organizations, the business partners that I see in, in, in large corporations are, are, are really asking finance, help me get information that I can act upon. Uh, help me do things in a more dynamic way. Um, example we see right now is in the in the business planning function. Um, we're working with some customers right now, leveraging some technology around SAP, whereby they can actually do some predictive modeling in, in a real-time way on a mobile device um, in, in, in areas that t- typically they, you would have to wait for later on, wait for the event to happen, rather mm-hmm. than updating the business planning that's going on week to week, month to month. So, that's just a, a couple of examples of what I'm seeing in the market right now. Thank you very much for kicking this off. Kylie Wassell at the Coca-Cola Company, why don't you chime in on what you're seeing in terms of how these innovations are affecting changing the roles of CFOs and finance teams? I think I can see it two ways. I, I very much appreciate that technology is bringing us the ability to increase our performance and, and possibly even spend less time, you know, doing things that don't we don't feel bring the value. Um, the way that I can relate that is uh, a technology that we have because I'm an internal controls professional. Um, we facilitate some of those access reviews, right? That's not really a sexy thing to talk about. Nobody sees the value in reviewing access, but one of our products, um, and I know I'm not supposed to talk a lot about SAP, right, but I'm going to have to because that's the tool we use that helps us decide whether or not somebody needs to keep their access. If they're not using it, why do they need it, right? So it's really Mm -hmm. taking those decisions away from the business and letting them turn that back into more productivity where they can spend the time where they really need to be interpreting and explaining and driving the performance within the business, being able to present that dynamic view um, of the industry or our competitor or the economic context. So it's really how can we spend more time supporting and influencing those key operational and uh, strategic decisions. It's really getting into the insights. We can't take, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of lines of Excel anymore and just hand that off. Mm-hmm. We actually have to become a more, uh, more of a business partner, supporting the whole business to raise those standards. Great point, and that's where we know this is heading. Elena Shishkina, why don't you chime in on this in terms of the, how technology is impacting the changing roles? 
Sure. Where where I see the finance organization is going, and uh, I've tried it myself in in my career and my journey to different organizations, is today we will have to take ownership of the business results. Um, And this is versus uh, what Richard was diluting to getting judgments based on the historical data, and this is versus observing business delivering better or, you know, not so much good results. Um, so this is where I see the ownership is switching towards the finance organization too, whether we like it or not, we'll have to. And uh, to be able to drive more of that value decision support to the business and also to the customers or your customers' customers, you know, it's a long way to get there, but you need to get your house in order and get the fundamentals right. I believe if you, as a finance function, run your reporting or any decision support in Excel, it's not really a great place to be. And I strongly believe you can only dedicate more time of that value creation decision support activities only if you get this house in order and if you get the technology right, uh, which reflects today's needs of your business, but also, you know, the future needs of the business. The only challenge that I see with this, and I, I can quote one of um our customers um, mm-hmm. just recently is that you probably need to walk before you run mm-hmm. and I tend to agree that mobility and big data all you know cloud all these great business models are out there absolutely there's no doubt however how would you make sure as an organization that you really walk before you run how do you get your basics right but also if you are behind the competition how you make sure that you catch up but also you Make a quantum leap, and you are ahead of your competition with all the, um, let's say, predictable analytics piece. So that's kind of one of the dilemmas that you know I'm facing. Well, what should you be doing with technology to ensure that you walk before you run? Thank you very much. I like that interjection of another quote, and that's a great one. I, I think that applies to almost everything we're talking about here is, yes. Thank you very much, Elena. Kylene, I'm going to take this in a, a, a segue, what we've been talking about, but I want to talk about uh, something you sent me in your notes before the show. Very telling, because when we think of finance, Kylene, Richard, and Elena, obviously, we think of numbers. We think of what we used to call number crunching, and as you've all mentioned, Excel, the spreadsheet, live or die by your spreadsheet. You can see the little lamp, what was it, they used to have the eye shade, the accountants and and the uh, little lamp with the green, remember the green glass shade on that, I don't know if anybody remembers I've seen pictures, of course I'm way too young to remember that, however, we talk about, uh, Kylene you told me we're often caught up in the numbers in finance, but as you know, business is much more than that, and you're saying that finance professionals need to understand the business holistically how does it work, how are decisions made, how do you communicate, how do you negotiate, how do you think clearly and strategically and how do you speak the language of your business partners that's where it has to go that's a lot to grasp if people were brought up through the ranks to know that they're just going to be working with numbers now you're talking about language and people and strategy really Kylene so how do you inculcate this new mantra if you will into the mindset of the finance professionals how do you tell them the job is different now talk to me 
Well, I think it's a, it's, a, it's a true statement because today we can't just think about the numbers. We actually have to see the context of the numbers. We have to go beyond what are the numbers saying literally. What do you see and what are your observations and, you know, how, how did the marketing folks look at it, right? How did, um, you know, how did you seek information if you're a finance professional beyond those typical boundaries, um, how did you examine the past, present, and look to the future? And what are the lenses, the assumptions? Have you explored those assumptions that you were presented? You know, what is the, the you know, how, what is your value change uh, lens that you're looking through? And how are we as, as finance professionals challenging, you know, those underlying non-financial assumptions? Mm-hmm. And so it's really exploring what are the beliefs that we have about what's driving our actions and decisions. And, you know, what we're looking at is how should we organize? And I like what Elena said, you you have to walk before you run. So how do you uh, set the finance professionals up to take a forward-looking, more commercial view that's really supported with that rich consulting toolkits that, that, that we're looking for uh, the technology folks to bring us, and and then we also focus right on the emotional intelligence to help articulate the different options and and um, situations where you need influential decisions. So it's more of those soft skills. Um, you can't think of finance anymore as just about the numbers, right? It's it's really thinking about who's your internal customer, who's your external mm-hmm. customer, and what does your experience show you. That where you have the the opportunity to 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 really scale with partnering and and come up with really a purer model um, that's more of a specialist view. Thank you, Kylie. The one thing you said that caught my uh, mostly caught my attention, and I went aha, was when you said uh, the words finance and emotional intelligence in the same sentence. That the word emotional with finance just was a surprise to me. You want to tell me just a drop about that, and then I'm going to ask Richard Cernak to chime in and continue this. Sure. Um, well, I think that, that it's, it's looking at what's our frame of reference. How do we transpose um, to other stakeholder points of view? What is the perspective? It's, it's that analytical side and bringing that emotional side that helps us determine what are the business consequences. Um, you know, you, you may have this view in your head of a finance person. You open the door, you put a business proposal or a business plan in front of them, and they look purely at the numbers and they say, no, we're all used to that, right? But it's looking at the insights that are short and long-term, strategic and operational, and what are the evidence. And, and that's really how we formulate our business insights from a, you know, from the financial um, side of it. It's, it's, it's not using only the relevant points, but it's also looking at whether the, the concise and the clear, compelling stories, the rational, the political, the emotional elements, what do we know about these markets, right? It's really thinking about, okay, where should we make investments versus um, how do we have insights about our concerns and our needs? So it's really negotiating um, with the business so that we come to a win-win that, that impacts our bottom line. Thank you very much. Uh, Richard or Elena, who wants to pick up on that? I know you both have a lot to say. Who wants to take it? Um, I'll take it if you'd like. Okay, and then we'll hear from Elena. Go ahead, Richard. Okay. Sure. So I, just to kind of uh, along the same lines of the topic, I, I, I think we look at the finance function now and 
really, I think the, the comments that were just preceding me were, were about the, the increased responsibility and, and really delivering more value to the business. I think it, it's a challenge today in, in the finance function because you still have the, the typical um, responsibilities of a finance office, right? You've got you've to account for things. You've got to consolidate. Um, you've got to look, look at your risks. You've got to deal with the, the internal and external parties. Uh, and that part hasn't changed, but, but the, the expectations in many ways have changed where there's more regulations involved than ever before. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I mean, what we're talking about now is almost an added responsibility, the finance function, which is walking across the business lines and an expectation that you not only could report the numbers, but, but explain them. And as, as companies and organizations are becoming much more global, um, those responsibilities are, 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 and that insight are taken to another level. So I, I, what, I, what I start to look at, and I agree that the foundation has to be in place to be able to you know, walk before you can run, um, but you start to look at things like um, an increasing global footprint of businesses, uh, finance's ability to service that footprint, and then taking taking an area like unstructured data, uh, which 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 is a, a, an area that you know historically was left maybe at a local level, um, but now I think with the the information age and, and the accessibility of information, I think there are expectations from the business where you know if if, if sales are down in uh, in Europe and, and, and up in 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 Japan or China that the expectation from your business partners is that they'd like to know why, right? What kind of insights? Is it, is it a unstructured data from a political perspective? Maybe there was an impact of social media. Um, so, so these are areas that I think that are, are even beyond just reporting data back. It's how do, you, how do you make sense of unstructured data out there and the impact on the business, and how can the finance function begin to explain that uh, in ways that the business can understand and appreciate Thank you, Richard. Elena, I want to bring you in, but I want to tw- put a twist or a monkey wrench into this conversation. I'm looking at your notes before the show, and you said something very interesting. I want your reaction, and then we'll ask Richard and Kylene to chime in. You say finance in the future, and our topic is 2020. So we're talking not only about the year 2020, but looking clearly ahead uh, from, from now to the future. You say finance in the future is more likely to look like a network process-based environment where wait for it, wait for it, we will need less people and more machines. How is that going to happen? When is that coming down the pike? Why don't you give us a, a, a view yeah. of the future, Elena? Just, just recently, again, yeah, heard an expression, uh, you know, we, uh, we all lived with B2B and B2C uh, business kind of models and how businesses connect to each other. So just recently I heard there is now an acknowledged term of M2M, machines to mm-hmm. machines in yes. relation to finance as well. And this is why I'm kind of thinking if if, if I take um, the cash collection process or accounts payable process, you know, I think we just spend too much time spending cash here and there, you know, asking for cash and, and customers delay and vice versa. There's always a conflict between um, the, uh, the days um, outstanding both sides, you know, when you're a buyer or you're a seller. Um, and I strongly believe we should unify those processes by means of technology and also standardization in, for the sake of the example, payment terms. We don't really need 
any labor involved in, uh, in, in tracking that. And there's some countries, Nordics, for instance, who are more advanced than other countries. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's one of the examples where machines can actually remove the transactional piece um, of what we do today as a finance organization. So again, that we can um, focus more on, uh, on creating value and uh, supporting the business better. Um, the challenges that I see is one, uh, what, what you've just discussed, um, um, is how would you leverage the talent? And here for me is mm-hmm. to have a clear differentiation between the people who are capable and are willing to support the business and be in the front line. Um, so these should be upskilled to, you know, deliver that other other ex- on other expectations um, that business is getting more and more demanding um, about, um, and also define the people who are more comfortable with systems, more comfortable with data, and probably those people would belong more to the shared services environment, uh, which is also where you know that separation is happening today already in the finance organisation. And the second challenge is how do you balance um, the compliance requirements, which, again, we'll briefly touched upon with those demanding business challenges and how you're not really addicted to supporting the business, just just doing just the business support. Uh, what about the compliance and uh, complexity around um, making the business, you know, a healthy environment for, you know, for, the, for the shareholders? And, and this is Kylie. Maybe I can yes. mention something because you just you, you intrigued me with that focus. Obviously, it's a concern of mine. But I'll tell you what we see is that when we've centralized some of our supporting activities, we've actually seen our controls improve um, because you've got standardization of how controls are happening. So you know what 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 I can see, and especially um, mentioning the the competing demands of the finance professional professionals on those quarterly or monthly processes that are more routine is maybe there's opportunities to centralize more of those supporting activities and instead of like the order to cash processes or the procure to pay, perhaps we're looking more at those example ad hoc reporting and maybe even some of the, the decision analytics or research model building, maybe that's more centralized um, so that you're improving your turnaround on being able to give insights uh, to the business and you're, you know, you would have to weigh your advantages against the risks with those approaches because as you start to fragment, you know, your responsibility, you're, you may you know, experience a loss of proximity to the the, the key data. So I think, um, you know, looking at how we can move more towards those value add, uh, building our talent around those softer skills and influencing and leveraging the machines um, to bring us more of the management information and having the data mined and extracted for us um, helps us become really better benchmarkers, I would say. Thank you, Kylie. Richard, I want your thoughts on this. People versus machines coming down the pike for finance. What do you see? Well, I think what I see is, uh, in a couple words, you know, the expectation to do a lot more with less. So, mm-hmm. you know, here, here you have the traditional responsibilities, which still are, are on the plate of, of the finance function, and then all of the other value-added um, expectations, I'll call them, that we've talked about throughout this, this conversation. So 
how do you do that, right? How do you do more with, uh, say, fewer people? And, and technology and, and machines have to become the way to do that. I think, you know, part of it is what we talked about uh, earlier about, you know, leveraging centralized functions. You know, everything, my, my belief is everything becomes a commodity over time. So as things become a commodity, you create more central functions around those commodities. But then the focus really becomes how do you take your employees of today and train them to think a little differently than they have traditionally? Mm-hmm. And also, how do you prepare your organization for the, the future generation of, of accountants that are being trained in finance and accounting in different ways than we were, right? A lot of these, these universities now have, a, um, a, of course, a traditional accounting program, but then they also have a big data program. Um, they, they're teaching these kinds of things. So I think that the, the, the technology will drive us there, but I think it would be interesting to see how we all deal with the people side of things. Interesting. Thank you. And you know what? We're going to take a break in about seven minutes, but we can pack a lot into that seven before we go into our crystal ball predictions round at the end. I think we actually have been doing a lot of predicting here already, but we'll, we'll make it concise. I want to go back to Elena Shishkina at SAP, and we have to introduce the cloud, because if we don't, we'd be remiss since we're talking about financial transformation 2020. It's here, it's now, and you're saying cloud is a liberator in many ways for some, from some of the shackles of on premise solutions. Elena, why don't you talk to us just a little bit and introduce the topic of cloud for finance, and then we'll ask Kyleen and Richard to chime in before break. Go ahead. Yeah, absolutely. I'm trying not to um, oversell cloud here because, again, that should have the fit for purpose. But what what we're observing really, and this is very true for SAP internally, Mm -hmm. there's more and more demand for cloud technologies where you, A, make things easier to deploy. If you need a quick solution, you know, working day, Day two, basically, you can implement cloud, and that removes a lot of um, unnecessary pain and a lot of sentiment around uh, finance transformation programs or HR transformation programs when you do your traditional and on-premise deployment model. The other thing we we see is is really, again, back to the what is the core of any business, really. You know, it's serving your customers better. And Mm -hmm. back to my quote, you know, doing this with with excellence, and this is how you win. Um, very true to business in general, very true to the, to the finance organization. So why wouldn't you outsource transactional processes and technologies elsewhere, and that elsewhere would also be on the cloud? Um, so just throwing here a couple of things. Big thing, I think moving faster than um, anybody else anticipated, but it's really getting worse you know, worth exploring and definitely looking at how you can account for technology spend in the world where you will need to continue to reduce costs, you know, weighing different options for your own business and also looking whether any type of subscription run rate cost would be more appropriate for your business than big investments and then, um, you know, run rate and then investment and run rate. So really interesting challenge ahead of us. 
Very much. And you also, in, in the notes you sent me, you made a great point. You say that we're already managing our personal data, email, social media, shopping habits, banking in the cloud. We're getting familiar. We're getting happy with the cloud. And guess what? That means the generations entering the workplace now and in future years will become the business leaders of tomorrow. They'll know the cloud intimately well. They'll probably trust it more and they'll understand a lot more. Kylene Wassell at the Coca-Cola Company. You want to chime in on the introduction of cloud into our conversation, please? Sure. It's very difficult, I think, for for us uh, on the business side to become comfortable um, moving a lot of the sensitive financial Mm -hmm. data there, and especially of the recent um, newsworthy events um, where, you know, our big companies are losing, you know, getting hacked and um, losing customer information. So I think we take you know, two steps forward, three steps back occasionally because it seems like we're moving very quickly. So I think getting comfortable is very key um, to moving data um, into the cloud and especially very sensitive data. So having a very good strategy um, for how you're managing that and protecting the data is really the balance that you need to have and, um, you know, going there, I guess. Thank you, Richard Cernak. You want to chime in from the PwC perspective on finance in the cloud? What are you are you as equally concerned about security and data system integrity and availability issues, or do you think it's moving faster? What, what's your thought? Um, uh, yes, <laughs> are, are we all concerned? Without a doubt, um, and yes. I, I think security is clearly one of the biggest challenges um, uh, that we have today. We can only move as fast as our security can can, can keep up with it. And we're seeing some of those those issues right now in the, in the workplace and the utility industry. I mean, you name it. There's a concern around cybersecurity. Retail is an obvious one. So, so I mean, it, I think when you look at cloud unto itself, I mean, how do people view cloud? They view it very differently, right? A, a CIO will answer that question very differently than a business consumer um, a bit, uh, of a large organization. But I think you know, th- there's no question that there's there's going to be rapid movement to dissemination of information to people in the cloud, i.e. individuals that have a, a handheld device or an iPad that expect to see their data in a way that helps them do their job. The challenge, is, is, as Kylie said, is how do you make sure that that individual that's logging onto that system to that sensitive information is indeed who you think it is? And and I think it'll, it'll continue to be a cat and mouse game, but it, it's one that clearly deserves equal attention to, you know, liberating the employee to have information outside the office. Thank you very much. Elena, I'm going to give you one more shot at uh, commenting on what your two panelist colleagues said about cloud. Any final thoughts before we go to break on cloud? Well, as I said before, it is really, it needs to be fitted for purpose, but we need to encourage ourselves and companies to treat this emerging trend or the trend that has emerged very, very seriously and encouraged to pursue this in any, absolutely any industry segment to pursue this is one of the leading concepts in how they view their technology now and in the future. 
Thank you very much. Guess what? You've all earned a break. You've been working very hard. I'm Bonnie D. Graham talking today on the debut of the renewal of That's a Mouthful of Financial Excellence with Game Changers Radio presented by SAP. We've got Richard Cernak at PwC, Kyleen Wissell at the Coca-Cola Company, and Elena Shishkina at SAP. We're talking to them. And guess what? When we come back, I'm going to ask them to take, oh, put on that eye shade, whatever, whatever color the eye shade is today, and hunker down on the desk and look into the crystal ball and tell me Richard Kyleen and Elena what do you see just five years from today let's go to 2019 not quite 2020 who will make the right people to be part of the finance team who will the CFO be what kind of schooling will they have will they be coming from within will they be coming from outside will they be millennials perish the thought we'll be right back after we take a break with predictions it's the crystal ball segment you don't want to miss this one okay Michael take us out When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Unleash the leadership potential of your finance talent now. Your business needs more than just compliant reports. Today's leading finance departments are asked to support business decision-making to help companies to succeed. With SAP's risk and finance solutions, you can provide the advisory that decision-makers are looking for. No matter what data source, no matter where you are, you can find the information you need to add value. Give your finance talent the right tools to be up to the challenge. www.sap.com The time for enterprise mobility is now, according to IDC. By 2013, over 1.19 billion workers worldwide will be using mobile technology, comprising 34.9% of the workforce. The impact of mobility on business is clear. Increasing numbers of business users are expected to handle critical tasks and decision-making in real time, no matter where they are. SAP and Sybase and SAP Company offer mobile applications and underlying infrastructure with integration to SAP systems for secure access to business processes anytime anywhere and on any device www.sap.com from the boardroom to you voice america business network welcome back to financial excellence with game changers presented by sap comments questions send an email to bonnie.d.gram at sap.com and you're invited to tweet during and after the show at hashtag SAPRADIO. Now, let's get back to Financial Excellence with Game Changers. Here we are, and it's time for the crystal ball. Can't wait to hear what my three guests are going to tell us about coming predictions for financial transformation just five years from today, just a short hop down the road. Let's start off with Richard Cernak, principal at PwC, responsible for the SAP finance transformation practice. This is right up your alley. What do you see, and can you see clearly like our topic today? Richard, two minutes, go. Go okay. I you know I'm old enough to remember the the, the green eye shade, and what what I, I I see a very different CFO in the next five years. Um, I see a CFO first that that understands or comes from a global background that is you know, non traditional, right? Typically, we've seen CFOs come from um, you know the the I'll call it the G7, right? And and as mm-hmm. businesses shift to 
emerging economies or ones that have already emerged that are continuing to grow, um, that CFO needs to have that global appreciation and understanding. I think secondly, uh, this, this CFO of the future will have a, a, a solid understanding and appreciation for technology. We talked about some of those technologies today, cloud, you know, in-memory, mobility, and, 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 and how do they leverage those technologies to drive more value to their business counterparts who are asking for that today. And then thirdly, I think in terms of the people, I think it's going to be, you know, not only the CFO, but I think his, his or her entire organization will have to have an appreciation for um, things like how to take a look at information and translate that, that into actionable insights for the business. So these, these individuals are not just going to uh, uh, need to understand accounting. They're going to need to understand mm-hmm. the business and how it operates because unless you understand the business and the geopolitical events and unstructured data, it's hard to provide that insight. So I think you're going to start to see a more, when you millennials come in and start to becoming more influential in those organizations, you're going to see technology move at an even faster pace than I'd say the overall market. Thank you, Richard Sarnak from PwC. Kyleen Wassell, you're on the block here. You're within the office of the CFO at the Coca-Cola Company, your corporate director of internal controls. I know you have some clear vision into the future. Please share it with us, Kyleen. Two minutes, go. Well, I think that we really have to have an internal winning culture in our companies because information is available within seconds. You really have to think about you know, how does information get out there about things that do go wrong? So I think our performance measures need to really reflect our organization's goals for business partnering. So I see in the future that we really invest in our next generation leaders by really building on the current bench strength that we have. Um, We still need to promote women in leadership and Mm -hmm. honor um, our capabilities towards innovation. When I say that we... um, really need to build our performance measures, I think we need to look at uh, people and how we engage with them. Um, as, as we become more of a global organization, we are at Coca-Cola, but I know that that, that is the footprint of the future. Um, you really have to think more about uh, workplace rights and diversity and how you retain folks. So, the way we we like to think about retaining and engaging and attracting the best talent is continuing to increase people's knowledge, um, really inspiring people to be passionate um, mm-hmm. for their companies and really recruit and development. Very important. I was happy to hear you mention diversity and roles for women. And I know, I don't know the age of most of my panelists, but Richard mentioned he, like me, sort of remembers the green eye shades and the, and the uh, lamp, the CPA's lamp or whatever we used to call it. And, uh, back in the day, Richard, the, the, the stress in education was, the push was, how do you get girls interested in math and science? OMG. I don't mm. think we have that problem anymore, but now how do you get them interested in the business, expanding the business expansion of the mindset of the finance professional to see that finance is not just number crunching anymore. That's a mouthful. I think I got it out right. Elena Shishkina at SAP, Chief Financial Officer in SAP in the UK and Ireland. Uh, We're so delighted you're on the panel. Elena, give me two minutes of predictions. What do you see coming down the pike? Will it be cloudy or sunny on the financial transformation horizon? What do you see? Thank you, Bonnie. So first about the CFO as a, as a role, as a profession, I think definitely 
the person he or she needs to be technology literate, um, culturally aware. I put diversity on my list as well because that, that's important in today's world to recognize different aspects of diversity. The mm-hmm. CFO will continue to be a challenger, but not only the person who tends to say no, but the challenge in the way that takes him or her out of the comfort zone to actually drive with that challenge to drive the business forward. Um, also bearing in mind that the accountancy and finance as a profession is shrinking, that it will be taken, certain aspects of it will be eventually taken by the machines. The musical chairs are absolutely, you know, the, the metaphor is absolutely applicable to the finance organization. And then in all of this, how you can grow your people to be more proactive, more ready to challenge in a constructive way, more interpersonal um, awareness and more communication skills and business acumen. So these are, I think this is where we're going. Thank you very much, Elena. Thank you, all three. Guess what? I have my predictions, and they're written down. I think I can do them in one minute here. We have so many shows. I have to have them written down because we're on almost every day this week. Tuesdays, tomorrow, Biz Buzz with Game Changer. You know it's Biz Buzz Day, 9 a.m. Pacific. I'll just give Pacific time. You can do the math. We've got numbers people here. They'll figure it out. Wednesday is Coffee Break with Game Changers, our ongoing flagship show. Wednesdays, 8 a.m. Pacific. Thursday, a double header. Future of Business with Game Game Changers, Thursday, 7 a.m. Pacific. Yes, it's worth getting up early for, I can tell you that. Thursday afternoon is worth staying late. Start up Focus with Game Changers, 1 p.m. Pacific. And next Monday, we'll be back here with the second edition of the Renewal of Financial Excellence with Game Changers, 10 a.m. Pacific. Thank you, thank you, thank you to my brave panel who helped to kick off the series Renewal debut, Richard Cernak at PwC. Thank you. Kylene Wassell at the Coca-Cola Company. Let's go have a drink, Kylene. I know what we're going to be drinking. And Elena Shishkina calling in from the UK in the late afternoon from SAP. Thank you so much. A special thank you to our team who are sponsoring the show, Aaron Hughes, Chris Grundy, Brigitte Starmans at our finance people at SAP. And thank you also to Malcolm Kimberlin for your wonderful support with guests and Michael and the Business Channel team at Voice America World Talk Radio. I'm Bonnie D. Graham and here's my call to action. Fasten your seatbelt. What are you waiting for? Go out and be a game changer today. See you tomorrow on BizBuzz. You don't want to miss it. Have a great one. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Financial Excellence with Game Changers, presented by SAP. The best-run business is run SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments to hashtag SAPRADIO and join host Bonnie D. Graham again next Monday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern, here on the Business Channel, wishing you a game-changing week.